Happy Halloween! Trick or treat, y'all! Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and I'm going to need complete concentration to save this fiasco. <laughs> All right, Mike, man, it's Halloween season, man. Yeah, it's only a couple of days away, isn't it? All right, you're not still going out there bag snatching, are you? Taking little kids' bags? Why would I do that? <laughs> oh, man, but it's Halloween time, man. My kids love Halloween. My wife gets into it. Uh, I, I have my moments. I go in and out. You know, um, I just wish more kids would come around my neighborhood so I can give out some candy. But it's like I always buy a couple bags and we pretty much eat like 80 percent of it because no one comes to our house for some reason. <laughs> yeah, we we barely are home on Halloween. We find a busy area. We head out that way. We stay out most of the evening. We don't come home until we're done with what we're doing. So we never get visitors anyway. All and right. It doesn't bother me. As long as my daughter has fun, I don't care. oh man uh so today we got comic book capers but before we get into it let's talk a little halloween man you want to talk some disney halloween today yeah i i would love to talk about that great um so i'm sure growing up you had you know halloween routines things you would watch when it gets close to october Mm -hmm. um i know i did i would Mm -hmm. watch a whole bunch of things i know we um i'll bet you watched uh um it's a great pumpkin charlie brown i'm sure everybody watched that one that's my and, main uh, one. <laughs> yeah, it's everyone's main one. If I go a Halloween without watching that, I did something wrong. And um, I also enjoy watching, um, I don't know if you ever watched it when you were a kid, uh, Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Oh, I that love one, that one. With the Oh, you did see that one with yeah. the pirate ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and of, of course, you know, Disney always put out a bunch of stuff for Halloween. Is there anything you're, you were a big fan of growing up or even you watch now? Oh, I'll tell you what I watched now. This wasn't out when I was a kid, but uh, I do like Frankie Weenie. I really do enjoy Frankie Weenie. Oh, the movie? Yeah, the movie, you know, the Tim Burton. I know he, he he had a short in the 80s, but I never saw the short. I'm used to this black and white version that, what, maybe, what, 10 years old now? Something like that, because it was CGI, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen Frankie Weenie? Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, you should check it out. It's basically basically Doctor uh, Doctor Frankenstein when he was a kid, and you can see everybody, you know, Eo, um, not Eeyore, uh, Igor, and them uh, coming up as kids. They're in class, and how he wants to become a mad scientist. Um, another was one. That, I, was that I, Disney? Yeah, it was Disney. I I did not know that. <laughs> Um, another one is uh, probably the Haunted Mansion. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but I do like it because oh, of the, the, the Disney Eddie, ride. The Eddie Murphy one. Yeah. Yeah. I love the ride, though. Oh Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think I watch it because I love the ride in Disney World. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, I'm not a super fan of this one, but I know my kids love it. A lot of my friends love it. But Hocus Pocus is out there. Um, right. Uh, my wife loves that one. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying. I know a lot of people do. I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I've never been a super fan of it. And no, then I mean, of course, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's my baby. You know. Oh, that one. That's a classic. I love that movie. <laughs> and it work. And you know what? It works for both holidays, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it, it definitely does. Oh, I love uh, the soundtrack on that one. That's it's so great. The animation too. You know, and there's some other ones I'll watch. You know, here and there, like you know, the Toy Story of of Terror. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. Yeah, I think Winnie the Pooh had a Heffalump uh, Halloween one also, didn't they? Uh, you know, Winnie the Pooh had so many direct-to-video and television specials and things. I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, I can't think of any other Disney ones that I really watch faithfully like that. You you have any? I have a couple, actually, and these go way, way, way back. Um, one is the... Um, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, specifically the um, oh, yeah. part portion of that movie. Mm-hmm. That's that headless horseman bit. That's just great. I love that. Yeah, that's and a good one. That's great. And the other thing I like is the Donald Duck short, Trick or Treat. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot about that one. <laughs> that's that's another. That's like one of the best Donald Duck cartoons, honestly. And I love um, they got June Foray voicing Witch Hazel in that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, June Foray, we haven't talked much about her because she did not appear on Darkwing Duck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's one show she was not on. Um, one, I don't watch this one faithfully, but it was um, it was a Betty Boop episode 
uh, with the skeletons, and I, I I remember like that song by Cab Calloway was on like Heidi 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 that one. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't remember the name of that cartoon though. Yeah, that that was one. That's one that I'll probably always watch every like maybe leap year or something. But uh, I do yeah, like and, that one. And then of course we have um, Looney Tunes cartoons, also with Witch Hazel. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are good for Halloween as well. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you could watch on Halloween. I mean, Great Pumpkin is number one, obviously. But oh yeah, you know. And then of course you got your adult ones, Freddy, the Halloween, and Friday the Thirteenth. You see, know. See, see, we just recently talked about this on um, Film Flam, but I'm not a big fan of horror movies like that. I'd I'm rather... not either. I'm more in the old school ones. You know, like Beetlejuice is good enough for me. You know, oh, I love Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, not a big Adams Family guy. I- I'll watch it, but I'm not crazy about it. And then, you know, you got some of the other animated ones like Hotel Transylvania, Court's Bride. Right. Yeah, there's but quite if, a bit. But if I'm going to go old school, I'm going to go all the way back to the Universal Frankenstein and Dracula and the Wolfman, those old movies, too. Oh, okay. That's, so we're going universal now. <laughs> when, when I, yeah, when I say old school, I mean, like, black and white. Okay. Uh, I know we don't want to stay on this topic too long, but what's your favorite universal monster? Um, I'm going to have to say Frankenstein. That's your favorite monster and movie? Um, we well, asked me specifically for monsters. So okay. as far as monster goes, it would be Frankenstein. Favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Now, I guess this is a bit of a cheat. But um, I like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Okay. I, I love that movie. It, I, it's like a, it's this great balance of comedy and horror that works so well. Have you seen it? No, I have not seen that one. I mean, I know it's an older film, but if you ever get a chance to check it out, it's really funny. I, I think for me, for Monster, I'm going to go with Invisible Man. I've always liked him for some reason. And right. then um, for the movie... I might have to go with the Spanish uh, Dracula. I, I've always liked that one. The Spanish version of Dracula. You've never seen it. Oh, you never seen the Spanish version? Mm-mm. Yeah, you should check it out, man. Uh, it's a, To me, it's a lot better than the English version. Oh, yeah. So man, I'll have to check that out sometime. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, anything else you want to say uh, before we leave this uh, topic and get well, into comic book capers? No, I think we're good. I think we should move on and start talking about the episode. Okay, all right. Just remember, Ernest scares stupid. That's a Halloween one. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Ernest. Oh, Jim Varney. <laughs> all right, but okay. Enough. All right, but you guys be safe out there. You know, when you go out there trick-or-treating with your kids or whoever, man, y'all just have fun. Be safe, man. You know, um, you know, uh, get have some good costume. Matter of fact, submit some photos, man. I'll post some of that, you know? Yeah, if, if anybody here is dressed up like a Disney character, you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, send us the photos, you know, with co- you know cosplaying and stuff, because that's a good time for y'all to bring some of y'all cosplay stuff out there. Absolutely. Even if you've done it in the past, we'd love to see photos. We, I mean, we have a visitor section of our Facebook group. You can post in there. We'll check it out. Okay. All right. All right. Comic book capers, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this we, episode. I love this one too. And did you know that this was not this episode's original title? No. Nope. Oh. Well, what's the original title? The original title was Comic Book Classics. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why they changed it, but I'm glad they did. Okay. Well, did did you read comic books growing up? Um, yes, not the superhero stuff though. And okay, so I don't really think not I've a ever Marvel DC guy. Huh? No, I collected Disney comics, the Ninja Turtle comics. So yeah, I guess some superhero comics. Mm-hmm. I did have the Ninja Turtles too, um, but Disney stuff as well. I had, um, you know, like I've said before, the Rescue Rangers, the Tailspins, the Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. I bought Ren and Stimpy comics, Animaniacs comics, Godzilla comics. Oh, I actually I do have the Marvel Godzilla comics from back in the 70s. So okay. I guess I lie when I say I didn't have that old stuff. Um, <laughs> so I did. I collected comics. Okay, I, I think with me, I, I didn't really collect them, but, you know, I would buy one here, you know, a Ninja Turtle here, a Darkwing there, a Spider-Man here, a Transformer there, but I was not a collector at all, so I don't want to disrespect anybody, you know, who's into collecting like that. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, especially with the Marvel and DC guys, you know, they get really ticked off on the movie sometimes when it doesn't match the comic books. Yeah, I know. I have friends like that. Yeah, I got friends like that, and I and I understand their their pain on it too because I'll, I'll I'm way off subject here, but uh, okay. 
I know with Transformers, Michael Bay movies, I am a hardcore G1 fan. A lot of people know I'm a Darkwing Duck fan on, from this podcast, but Transformers, to me, cartoon is very close. The original G1. It is very right. close. Yeah, dude, I'm a diehard Transformers fan. And the Michael Bay movies, when they do not, you know, connect the movies like the way G1 was. Right. Oh, man, I get so ticked off. So I understand their pain, man, those Marvel guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'm a big Godzilla fan. But I prefer the old films from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Mm-hmm. So when new versions do things that don't quite gel with the older films, I'm not a big fan of that. So I understand, too. Okay. I get it. All right, so comic book capers, Mike. Who was uh, when was the air date and production date for this? Tuesday, September seventeenth, nineteen ninety one, and it was the thirty third in production order, and it's the second Megavolt episode to air, although it was the third one by production order. Um, now, interesting about the way it aired, I really feel like I know we had two Bushroot episodes that first week but they were spread apart with one in between and Bushroot wasn't a big feature of that second one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like by putting two Megavolt episodes together, one after the other like that, and both of them being so strong, I feel like when, at least when I was a kid, that was an indication to me that Megavolt was going to be the most important villain. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. And um, he's certainly, he's great in this one. And yeah. um <laughs> Like, we got, it was like a double whammy at the beginning of that week to get two Megavolt episodes in a row. And both of them are really great. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, Megavolt. And we have um, a story editor is, again, Carter Crocker. And our writers are, once again, John Benke, Rob Humphrey, and Jim Peterson. Some strong writers, which oh, yeah. is great because this is a very strong episode. And it's definitely a special one, too. You could tell everyone making this one really wanted to make it great. And, and who who animated this one? This one, okay, everyone listening, get ready for this. Um, this one was animated again at Disney Australia, who I can't think of a better fit for this episode. Like, they're, they're great. I mean, their stuff is hit or miss. I mean, there's not everything is great in the episode, but where they shine, they really shine. And I won't go into details now. When we run down the plot, when we get to the spots where I think they're just nailing it, I'm gonna I'm gonna geek out about it. So don't <laughs> don't I'll do this with every Disney Australia episode. Thank God there are only nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Disney Australia. I think this might be one of my favorites of all the ones they did. So uh, is this top five? Yeah, you know what. As far, I think as far as like iconic important episodes, I would mm-hmm. definitely put this in top five, oh, and it's okay. probably and it's probably close to top five in my personal favorites list too. Mm-hmm. So it's really high up there because it's okay. just a really clever, visually interesting episode that you can tell everyone just wanted to make super special, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, let's get right into the plot then. Comic book capers. All right, Darkwing's at um, the comic book production company, and let's back up a little bit. He's being chased down an alleyway by Megavolt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's and getting... he's he's in full he's in full panic mode here. Oh yeah, the eyes popped out. He's shivering. <laughs> yeah, again, like I'll st- I can just get started here. The animation in this bit is so great. Just he runs straight into the camera. He's clawing at the wall. And Megavolt's asking him how he wants to go, and Darkwing's saying, this is so dark, peacefully in my sleep at an obscenely old age. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great, just the expressions, he's so desperate, I love it. And, um, you know, he's on the run like a big giant coward. And then we find out, we're not, this isn't real life, he's actually in a comic book publishing's office. Yeah, and he he's and, not, you know, his cockiness, he's not feeling this one bit. <laughs> oh no, he is not happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and uh to say he, the least yeah now who who was the com- uh the production order uh boss who was that voiced by um this is the pig here he was voiced by andre stochka um he was he was doing voiceover since the early 80s i think the most the disney character at least we'll just narrow it down to disney i think the disney character he's most well known for was owl from the winnie the pooh show Oh, okay. He wasn't the original voice of Owl, but he did him through the 80s and 90s. Okay. So I, th- I think that's the role he's most famous for. Um, but yeah, he's doing this pig who's telling Darkwing they had to change his character because they felt he was too larger than life. Mm-hmm. And um, 
again, Darkwing is not happy. Yeah, he's and, not happy. He 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 decides to take it over. He said no one can write a Darkwing comic better than him. Yeah, because he wants to make sure that how can kids pattern their lives after him if they think he's a coward? Yeah. So that's just <laughs> nice and selfish, right? What an ego. <laughs> There's definitely a bit of Daffy Duck in him in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like this is like a lot of people have compared him to Daffy and I only always like not quite. But this one with this huge ego, I feel like this is definitely you know, he has his Daffy Duck thing going on in this episode. Yeah. So then Darkwing goes home because he's going to work on the comic book by himself. Yeah, he's Drake now, right? He's Drake and he's hiding out. I think it's his bedroom. I can't quite tell. I thought it was the attic or something. Not yet. Okay. He does go up in the attic, but he's starting off. I guess it's his bedroom. <laughs> um, and he's not letting Goslin and Launchpad in. Mm-mm. Yeah, so he starts writing the story. Of course, he, he's awesome. And <laughs> Yeah, you but... know what's interesting? It's the one thing about this episode I don't quite get. He's writing a comic book on a typewriter. Yeah, that is, is true. Is that something you do? I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, because they show the pictures of the like each frame, like when they get into the story, like as he starts typing it. But he's clearly sitting there typing words. He's not drawing a comic. Yeah. And this would bother me more than it does if this wasn't Darkwing Duck. I don't care that much because this is probably the easiest way they could have done this. Mm-hmm. But um, still, I don't think this is how you make a comic book. <laughs> but um. So, so how does his story? How does his story start off, Mike? He barely knows how to start it because he can't come up with a good enough adjective to describe himself. <laughs> so many adjectives, so little time. Yeah. And I do like that when it shows not like the animated parts of the comic, the actual panels. I like how he's colored different. I noticed that his his mask was red and then his purple was like a dark purple, wasn't it? Yeah, or at least or at least black. And I feel like that's fine because it differentiates real life from the comic. And also comics didn't always have the most accurate colors, at least back then, especially yeah. back in the golden age of comics that um, the silver age of comics, I should say, that Taz Stone's always enjoyed. Back mm-hmm. then, they didn't use a lot of colors and not everything was colored properly. So having them be tones of red and black definitely works because it just sets a nice mood. Yeah. And it, just and to it, expand what you're saying about the color, I remember some of my... DuckTales and just old Donald Duck comics where Huey, Dewey, and Louie all had the same color on. It made, yeah, it made it a lot easier. I think part of the reason, now I might not be right because I'm not a big comic historian. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, um, especially in the 40s and 50s, most comics, have you ever heard of the term four color? Four no. color comics? That's only because back then, most comics only had four four colors. Uh. So, they had, so they had to be careful with the colors they used. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Donald Duck always had black outfits in those comics. Mm-hmm. Because it was just, it's less colors to use. And I think that's kind of what they're going back to with what they're doing here. I could be wrong. Okay. But even if I'm wrong, it's just a nice way to differentiate the panels of the comic to reality. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. So um, in, no. this com- in this comic, um, they're what are they doing? They're investigating an attack on a safety inspector. Yes. And they're going into... The bathroom, which might recognize this scene from the opening theme song. Yeah, Dark he kicks in that door. <laughs> he kicks in that door, and he's pointing back and forth with his uh, gas gun. And they find a blow dryer on the floor. Yeah, and it's amazing how he says something's wrong with this blow dryer. He like he he inspects it and knows something that the blow dryer has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, know? well, he says he's obviously been blown through this bathroom wall by an unknown force. Yeah. And, and it, it turns out he's right, because once Launchpad plugs in the blow dryer, what happens he, to Darkwing? Oh, he goes straight through that wall. <laughs> and he <laughs> starts, dark- he's missing his teeth, too. <laughs> yeah, it leaves a Darkwing-shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> and yes, he's missing his teeth. Mm-hmm. And um, so Darkwing, in the comic, he figures out um, it was Megavolt. Yeah. And um, But before they even get to Megavolt, the engine starts knocking. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any engine knocking, but it isn't the engine. Who's knocking? Uh, wasn't it Goslin? It is Goslin. Yeah. Goslin's getting sneaky trying to get in there. And <laughs> um, and here's uh, where I love some more of the Australia animation. I'll be stopping frequently to talk about this. I just love this bit, just how snappy the animation is. It's Goslin. She pumps her fist, and then she jumps off screen. And then, then when Darkwing realizes he's drinking jalapeno juice... Instead of lemonade. Oh, <laughs> oh but the, ex- the expressions. He's crying black tears. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's how much in pain he is. Like, the drawings are so great. How he's quivering. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> fantastic. And he has to run into the bathroom, leaving a black smoke cloud behind him. Is this the second or third time we've seen him not able to handle spicy? Well, uh, we had the primate punch, the the uh, flaming red hot chili peppers from uh, the Posey episode, and now we have the uh, jalapeno juice. So that's okay. three. That's three so far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Goslin takes advantage of him. You know, uh, she she jumps on that typewriter and she gets going, and uh, we and get a, slugs. <laughs> we get another slug. We get a giant flesh-eating slug monster from Mars. Who I should add, his vocal effects by Frank Welker. There's no <laughs> missing that. And um, I really think this this design of the slug. I think this is what they use when they come back with Doctor Slug, like. Months from now, they come back with Dr. Slug. I think they based it off this slug design because mm-hmm. he looks a lot like it. Um, so Darkwing and Launch, but have to fight this slug. Yeah, and, and uh, Karate Kick doesn't work. He bounces right off of him. And he and, decides to throw salt. Yep, and I like how he, he doesn't have the money to buy the salt, so he borrows it from Launchpad. <laughs> <laughs> and Launchpad comes up, and he asks for change. But you got to remember, this is from Goslin's perspective. What is perspective? Yeah, of yeah. course. You notice starting in the scene and a lot of the scenes in this episode during the comic sections, there's billboards for the Darkwing Duck comics everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did little, notice that, yeah. It's a great little background touch. Mm-hmm. So he defeats the slug. He doesn't kill it. it you know, it hops away. It gets all tiny. And um, just, as Gosling, back in. Yeah, just as Goslin's getting going. And, of course, she wants to throw in a zombie because you know how Goslin is. That kid needs therapy. Yeah. Um, Dark Great Drake shows up. Goslin is gone. So she's out of the episode. Really brief appearance for Goslin, but she made it count. Mm-hmm. And um, so Darkwing Drake, I mean, he's out of the bedroom heading towards the... Typewriter. Yeah, up into the attic. Oh, the attic. Okay, yeah. This is where he went to the attic, and uh, he gets back on the typewriter, and... He brings Megavolt back into the story. Brings Megavolt back into the story. Um, and I, what I, what's funny about this episode, I didn't really catch on to it when I was younger, but you listen to the dialogue. Whenever Darkwing's writing the comic, you listen to how like overdramatic the dialogue is. <laughs> it's like, this is how Darkwing assumes Megavolt should talk. Mm-hmm. Like, Megavolt would not make a comment like, fools leave me no choice. But <laughs> he says it. Because mm-hmm. that's what Darkwing assumes Megavolt talks like, because Darkwing has no respect for Megavolt's vocal patterns at all. And Darkwing, of course, is going to make himself sound a lot more heroic. So anytime Darkwing's typing, he's like, oh, he's all like a big shot. Megavolt's all like cackling and evil, more so than he ever is in the show. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love that. It's like, it just, it's this perfect attention to how, to the writing. Mm-hmm. Like, this episode could have been like phoned in, and I'm so glad it wasn't. And, I could just tell they loved writing this one. Like this is, the, and that's why I love this one so much. It's great. And then um, Launchpad distracts Darkwing to ask a question about washing machines. Yeah, and uh, Darkwing has to go take care of it. Like, how, what was his question? Like, uh, he said, asked them okay, if I dropped I, the box of soap into the washer and the lid was shut. With a thing on high. <laughs> what <Yeah>. would happen? <laughs> and um, oh, great face on Drake. When um, Launchpad asks him about the washing, mach- washing machines and we switch back to real life, this face he's got with the bridge of his beak all, like, scrunched up, like the way we would scrunch up our noses when we're, like, shocked at something. Yeah, oh, I love, I, love, I love that drawing because his face just goes up. He's like, what? And he's got the all scrunched up bridge of his nose. It's great. And Launchpad's flooded the whole house because, <laughs> of course, he did. Yeah. Um, so now it's Launchpad's turn to ruin the story. Oh, yeah. So now we get it from Launchpad's perspective, and we catch. go to the... Well, first, have you ca- did you catch the Mickey Mouse mention? Yeah, I did catch it. You know, it's funny how he just he mentioned it. I remember thinking, like, can they do that? Can they mention Mickey Mouse? <laughs> like, are they allowed to do that? Because, yeah. you know, um, back then, um, Michael Eisner did not want Mickey Mouse in the TV shows. He did oh, really? not. In fact, in the 80s, well before Darkwing Duck, um, I think well before Rescue Rangers, Tad tried to write a, um, a TV special. I think it was a TV special. It was called Mickey and the Space Pirates. I think that's what it was called. And they did not want to do it, as far as I understand, because they did not want to do a TV show with Mickey Mouse. 
Mm, learn something and, new there. And even when they did a bonkers episode with Mickey, you only heard his voice and you did not see him. Okay. So it wasn't until like uh, Mickey Mouse works and House of Mouse that they felt comfortable using Mickey in a TV show. That's how long it took. But it's just funny. Launchpad mentions them. It's a quick mention. But then we have Cowboys and Indians. Yeah, the Wild Wild West. Which I don't think they would do now, but whatever. (laughs) It's funny. Um, So Darkwing's a cowboy, Launchpad's a sidekick, and we got Megavolt as Big Chief Power Bill. He changed like, uh, Darkwing's name too, didn't he? Death Valley Duck. Death Valley Duck. I yeah, I breezed right past that. Death Valley <laughs> Duck fighting Big Chief Power Bill. <laughs> and uh, Megavolt's got a little assistant, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I think this is the best part of the episode. He's got what's the name of the assistant? Uh, I don't remember what his name was. Oh, uh, little running gag. Oh, that was the the Indian that was behind him, right? Yeah, throwing the pies at everybody. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that was his name. <laughs> yeah, and um, oh my God, you you got Jim doing Darkwing's voice, but as a cowboy. <laughs> it's like, and he even asked Launchpad if he if he sounds different. Now but this, is, now is so, this, this pie? What is that uh, pertaining to? Also, uh, Mike Custard's Last Stand. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, these puns! But it's Darkwing, and I just love it. And but there's like speaking of I don't, I guess this isn't puns but um Megavolt says duck born with silver spoon and mouth speak with forked tongue if you can dish it out I can take it and Darkwing says much more of this and I'll need a full play setting. <laughs> now and, this, this pie is this is also in uh, the theme right? Yes not not this shot but um, the pies do come back and they do use a shot in the theme song about these pies and of course the character wouldn't be called a little running gag if he didn't come back later. And, um, and yeah, so, uh, Megavolt is throwing these arrows at Darkwing and then we cut back to reality and Launchpad has his finger stuck in the typewriter. Oh yeah. Did you catch the animation mistake? Uh, no. What was the animation mistake? Drake pops up the landing of the stairs and points at Launchpad and he's colored as Darkwing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that one. Mm-hmm. With the, with the mask, with the, um, the, the purple jacket and everything. Mm. So but, then you know, this... this kind of thing happens, especially with Disney Australia. They were very, they weren't even, a, they were a pretty new studio when Darkwing got started, and they're, like I said, they're kind of rough in spots. The animation is not perfect mm-hmm. in a lot of scenes. I mean, where it's good, it's really good, but there are a lot of scenes where there's like an animation mistake here or there. But it's also, like I said weeks ago, this is a show where they have to get 65 episodes done in a year. You know, these things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, so Darkwing takes the typewriter and goes to the garage. Yep, now he's in the garage, and who pops up, Mike? Well, not yet. We have a little... Um, I oh, yeah, yeah, because he, yeah, he got back. Because now we have to fight Megavolt again in the comic book. That's right. He got back to his point of view. We're no longer on Launchpad. We went back to Darkwing, right? Yeah. Or Drake. Yeah, and now Megavolt has this remote control that can um, control appliances all over the city. Mm-hmm. And um, he uses that to trap them in an elevator. Have you noticed when Darkwing is telling his uh, perspective of the story, Megavolt was shooting lasers, uh, now he got the control, like he's kind of like all over the place with Megavolt. Well, the assumption I get from the story is this is something that actually happened, Mm -hmm. because later on him and Megavolt are discussing it, and they make references that this is how it should have happened. So my guess, my assumption all these years has been that this basic story of Megavolt controlling appliances and fighting Darkwing, this is something that actually happened. Okay. That they're embellishing. You know? Um, mm. Just the dialogue makes me think it's what happens. But he traps him in the elevator and rockets it off into outer space. And um, I want to give a shout-out to, like, the layout artists and the background designers here. First of all, did I noticed, not for the first time, but I've noticed before that all the in the backgrounds of the comic parts of this episode, the sky is colored red the entire time. Mm-hmm. In real life, it's blue, but in the comic scenes, it's all red. Which it actually looks cool in the comic it's, scenes. It's really cool. Like I said, the the layout artists and the background designers in this episode do a phenomenal job. Just the angles in the building as the elevator's going up and down, mm-hmm. like they th- this show has such great like background design. Just in the buildings, the simplicity of the buildings and the clouds. And this episode really ramps that up. It looks great. And um, 
So, so they, yeah, Megavolt so they, uses the elevator. What does Darkwing and Launchpad use? <laughs> well, they're stuck in the elevator. They go in another elevator, and Megavolt has it rocket up and down, and finally it bursts right out of the uh, the roof of the building, all the way up into outer space. And Darkwing assumes, um, you know, a, what a 50 mile drop and something approaching the speed of life is going to be a light is going to be a pretty rough landing. <laughs> but before they crash, somebody interrupts Drake. Binky! Binky's back. Right. Here comes Binky. And um, again, going to praise the animation over here. I love how Binky is animated here. Like, mm -hmm. she's talking with her hands. And, like, they pay so much attention to how her hands are supposed to move and her mouth is supposed to move. Like, someone animating her really gave it their all. Mm -hmm. And she looks great. And I feel like this is just a great piece of animation. Especially Darkwing talking directly to the audience when he says... When he says, did Hemingway have this problem? Of course not. He didn't live next door to the Muddlefoots. <laughs> I love it. So what does she need? She needs um, ground cinnamon. Yeah, ground cinnamon. And uh, I, I know most people won't like, probably think the binky part is going to be cheesy and all that. But I think for the gag, what's going on in this episode, it works, man. Yes. It really works, you know. I, feel, I, I really wish they would have done more with Binky on her own, mm -hmm. because she rarely ever shows up alone like this. And I feel like they could have done so much more with Binky. Yeah. But like this is proof that she's a funny character, especially when she sits down and starts reading the comic, and she has this big smile on her face. She looks at it for like a half a second, and that smile drops, and the drawing of her horrified is so funny. <laughs> like she was not expecting she thought it would be really cute and whatever she read just it horrified her and she says with reading material like this it's no wonder children grow up to be cruel despotic dictators <laughs> so that's binky's character in a nutshell she is way too wholesome yeah and how, how does her background from her perspective uh, appear oh all cutesy Oh, yeah. You got, oh, what, bunnies, you got bunnies, birds. Birds, and the chirping bird, I will say it, that is Frank Welker again. Oh, I did not hey, know that. He's in the credits. He, he earned his money that week. <laughs> <laughs> a, slug and a, a slug and a bird. I think it's the only voices he did. Yeah. Uh, and not even voices, animal sounds. Like I said, he can do anything, honestly, any animal you name. Yeah. Um, I, I just so, wish her perspective would have been a little longer because yeah, we only get to hear Darkwing make a comment, uh, comment real quick through a bunny. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't take long to get a, a cup of ground cinnamon, I guess. And uh, yeah, so he chases Binky away and he finally decides to go up to the the tower, the, the bridge. Yeah, to, to do this himself. Uh, but no one could bother him. And he's on the right track. Nobody does. But um, so then we cut back to, you know, he's writing the story again. And the elevator hits the ground so hard, it sucks up the entire landscape. <laughs> and this that's a really old joke. They've done this in old cartoons going back to the 40s. I can think of one Bob Clampett cartoon. It's called A Tale of Two Kitties. It's mm -hmm. the actually the first cartoon that starred Tweety. And one character gets hit with an anvil so hard, it it sucks the landscape all into this hole. And I'm, I'm not saying they referenced it, but it's a, it's a common gag. Yeah. Um, so they pop up and uh, who pops back up, Mike? Darkwing and Launchpad—they're all beaten up after falling into the hole. Unless you mean something else. Yeah, I'm meaning something else. Who, who shows oh, up right now? Oh, little running gag comes yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I may have to hurt that guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little running gag. Um, so they get back into the story, and mm -hmm. um, okay, so you know, you another this bit with Megavolt. Um, they called me mad. They called me insane. They were right. And that line is so great, they use it again in another episode. Like, it's perfect. But the animation here on Megavolt, like, I don't know if you watch these episodes with an eye on the visuals like I do, mm -hmm. but I just love the way they animate Megavolt here. It's got so much vitality to it that I wish Disney Australia had done more episodes with more of the supervillains because he is so... He's got so much life and just fluidity to him. I wish they had done Quacker Jack. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's you're not you you're not you don't have the eye on the visuals the way I do. But I will say this. The animator working on this scene, 
Okay, this this one scene, another one coming up. Do you know what this animator worked on about three or four years later? What's that? You've seen a Goofy movie, right? Yes. On it, obviously, the most iconic scene in that movie is toward the end at the Eye to Eye concert when they're doing the perfect cast, right? Mm-hmm. The animator in this scene did that scene. Oh, okay. Yep, I can tell by the style. It's it's definitely this guy, and I wish I knew this guy's name. He's my favorite Disney Australia animator. Um, I don't know if Tad would know. I don't even know if he's still listening. If you, if you are listening, Tad, and you know the name of this animator, let me know. Um, but if you don't, that's okay. And um, so Megavolt comes at them with a vacuum cleaner, right? Yeah, and then that's when Darkwing took the the remote, right? Yeah, when they get well, remember they jump out the window. That's in the theme song too. Mm-hmm. And they, they 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 jump out the window and he takes the remote, right? And Darkwing's getting so into the fight that he knocks all of his papers off the ledge of the um the bridge. Yeah, they go flying across the city of Saint Canard. <laughs> yeah, and they go right to a certain villain's lighthouse. Yeah, what a coincidence, huh? <laughs> What's Megavolt doing before the papers hit him in the face? Wasn't he in a robe? Not in a robe. He is professing his love to a light bulb. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, you, you know what? Yeah, I remember it now. And then you're, you're the amphair of my eye. <laughs> oh, Megavolt. You're so messed up. Now, I did and... pay attention to the animation on this scene because I noticed his hat kept popping off. Yes, and... I was going to say that. Yeah. This is the same this is the same animator again. Mm-hmm. Um and this is another bit where the animation is fantastic. Just the paper hits him in the face, and you see his hands flying all over the place, pulling it off of his face. And as he's reading it, you see his hat, like it's it's, it's popping off of his head. It's like it's lighting up too, you know, lighting electricity. Up. When when he's mad, as he's reading it, there's a crackle of light on the hat. They don't they don't do that on the show very often. They don't really pay attention to that, but it's just a little detail that adds so much to it. And just that that bit where he's like a comic book starring Darkwing Duck. What the what's the world coming to? Just look at the look at his face. Look at how he's talking. It's just the animation. I just this is animation that's too good to be on television. Like yeah. in my opinion, it is just really great. And um, I could go on forever about this, and I won't because I know it'll get boring to anybody who doesn't really pay attention to the animation. But this is what. This is one of those things that really attacked, attracted me to this show, just animation like this. Mm-hmm. And um, so is Megavolt aggravated? You know, that's an easy word for it because everything in the comic is wrong. It's not how it happened. Of course not. Not from his perspective. Not from his <laughs> perspective. Although Megavolt's perspective probably was a little bit more correct. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so Megavolt goes to work rewriting it. Interesting. Megavolt isn't typing. He's talking into a microphone, and the, me- the typewriter is typing for him. Mm-hmm. which is a nice little touch. Yeah. And in the comic, what does Megavolt decide to do with the remote control? Uh, he becomes a super Megavolt. Yeah. <laughs> what is he he's a new improved Maximum Mondo Megavolt. Yeah, he, he's he's like gigantic. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, like 50 feet or something like that. And um, he is just uh, going after Darkwing and Launchpad. They don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. And, and somebody they, pops back up, though. Yeah, they hide in a building, Megavolt chars it to ashes, and then a pie hits Darkwing in the face. <laughs> and it's who? A little running gag. I was wondering what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 great. It's just there's so many gags that just keep coming back in this episode. Yeah. And so back to real life, Darkwing trying pops to up. follow he's trying to follow all the pages. Yeah. And uh, he follows him into the lighthouse and you know Last episode, I know I talked a bit about his relationship with Megavolt and how they have this kind of frenemy relationship that they don't, other characters don't have with Darkwing. It's just so funny that Megavolt's not, he hasn't done anything wrong. So Darkwing just is able to walk into the lighthouse. And just, they're in, just debating the comic, and you know? <laughs> debating. There's no, there's no fight. Megavolt hasn't done anything wrong. And they know each other so well, they can they can just get into it. They can just have an argument about things. Yeah. And and they're sitting right next to each other, having a fight. Like you know, you know, oh, you should be twenty times smaller. This isn't what happened. I can beat you no matter what size shoes you wear. Back and forth. And it's like, these if Megavolt wasn't nuts, these two could be friends. 
<laughs> and it's the funniest, it's the funniest damn thing. That's a relationship between Megavolt and Darkwing. Yeah. And you know, Jim and Jim and Dan, they just sell their relationship. They just I'm assuming the two of them were together in the same room when they I know they were when they recorded this stuff, because you can just tell. And so yeah, the fight the fight is going on again and um Super Bunny shows up. Super Bunny shows up. I was just going to mention Super Bunny with a cape and everything out of absolutely nowhere. And um, But it's a little too early for Easter, so goodbye, Super Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's gone, but not gone completely, as we will see later. So the, the giant slug shows up. They hide in a building, and they suddenly show up back in the nice, pleasant little forest. <laughs> where Binky was uh, doing her story, and you got the slug, and you got the giant megavolt, and you have the two horses from earlier, and uh, yeah, strange, right? Yeah, it's um, all over the place. <laughs> but um, it's funny. Like I'll I'll mention this here because we have Binky's background and the desert background basically side by side here, and a lot of people, and I said before, always compared Darkwing Duck to more like Looney Tunes than Disney. And just look at these backgrounds. And then go watch. Now, if anybody listening is interested and loves classic cartoons, look at these backgrounds and then go watch a Chuck Jones cartoon from the 1950s. Like, these backgrounds, that's just classic cartoon right there. That's not Disney. That's Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like that's exactly what they're going for. Like this desert, that's Roadrunner right there. Yeah. Like, I think it works though because you know, it like it, it's not because it's the comic, you know, it's the yeah, comic. It's not issue. even a complaint. It's perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like like I said before, the the backgrounds and layouts on the show are amazing, and so they have to defeat Megavolt, and they do it in a pretty creative way. The giant um, cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what does Megavolt say? Do you remember? Uh, no, what did he say? I've been percolated. Oh, yeah, percolated. <laughs> that, a giant cup of coffee. Oh, and it works. And, and, it, and it's funny, though, like, as, as he defeats him, Darkwing just walks off out of from his uh his hideout. Yeah, just walks off. Like, why do you right get to Because <laughs> it's my comic, and I'll see you in the funny pages, and Darkwing just, Darkwing just leaves. Mm-hmm. And, um... Did you catch that really cool scene transition? Megavolt hits a key on the typewriter and the screen breaks and falls to pieces. Yeah, I did catch that. That, that is pretty cool. That is really cool. Um, there's a bunch of scene transitions like that in different episodes where they get clever with it. Um, but this one's neat. Mm-hmm. So we're back in the publicist's office, the publisher's office, reading Darkwing's comic. And Darkwing's all like, you know, you know, he's looking at his fingernails. He's just chilling because he thinks... Uh, he thinks he's like the best thing in the world, but is he? What does the uh, what does the publisher say? He says he hates the story and they want to roll with Super Bunny. <laughs> and the publisher is like getting off on how mean he's being the Darkwing, because mm-hmm. Darkwing let him have it at the beginning of the episode, and he's he's throwing it right back because karma karma sucks. Yeah. And um, look at this guy's face as he's talking to Darkwing, like. Look at his eyes as he's acting. The next time you watch this, like his pupils are dilating. It's like they're getting all, you know, they're getting tiny. They have these big blue irises. And he's just like, he hates it. And Darkwing is like cowering into a fetal position. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny, but you're right. The publisher, he does like Super Bunny. Yeah. But after he's, after that, who pops back up, Mike? Uh, we get one more appearance from. Little running gag. <laughs> Another pie, huh? And the ending's got just a perfect ending. Oh, Darkwing's Dark s- comment? Is that what you about to say? Yeah, maybe we can sell this epic to Disney. Who knows? They may make a TV series out of it. <laughs> uh, it's like, again, when I was a kid, whoa, he just mentioned Disney. Can he do that? Mm-hmm. Like, Darkwing Duck just mentioned Disney. And I just, I love how meta the show is so meta, and I love it. You know, it just, it works. And there's going to be better, like, out-of-the-box, more out-of-the-box episodes than even this one. I mean, this has nothing on jumping in and out of paintings in Brush with Oblivion. Like, Brush with Oblivion takes this idea and, like, really goes crazy with it. Like, in ways this episode never even thought of. Mm-hmm. But this one is still terrific. And I'm, I'm so glad they aired this one as early as they did because... Like, I liked this show before, 
mm-hmm. when this one aired, like this one was on a whole other level, you know? Yeah. And I, and that's why I love it so much because it may, I think it's one of the, the episodes that made you realize that this show is going to do whatever it wants. It's going to just go crazy. It'll be meta. It'll be insane. And this is like one of the best episodes, honestly. All right, Mike, I'm going to switch it up a little bit today. Sure. I'm going to give my score of the how many gas gun canisters first this time. Yeah, of course. Go for okay. it. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. And the reason why I'm going to uh, give it a score uh, of a four, I know to you is top five. Right. To me, it's still top ten. So it's still good. Okay. I, I love this episode. I love the perspective of it from, you know, you know, coming from everybody's, you know, own perspective. You know, you got Binky, you got Gosling, you got Launchpad, you got the villain, Megavolt. You know, the, from him, you know, the from him to tell his side, um, from his perspective of how this story will play out. And, you know, he's going to win from his side. And then, you know, them two standing together. That really caught me off guard. You know, I haven't watched this episode in years. Right. So I, I didn't remember seeing them standing together like that. And back to Binky, I know a lot of people don't probably think her part is really cheesy, but it works, man. It really works for the whole gag. Now, this episode isn't about crime solving. It's not about, you know, Darkwing saving the day or anything. This was just a long running gag, you know? He doesn't even get an entrance line. Mm -mm. No, nothing at all. Like, literally. This episode, to me, it, it just, it stands out. It's funny. It's hilarious. It gives us a break from a, a usual Darkwing episode where he's yeah. just going after a supervillain or something, you know? No argument there. You know, and that's why I really do enjoy it. It's a, it's a different vibe. It's a different gag. You get di- different scenery because he's moving around the house the whole time and then people take over. So I really right. like that perspective of it, you know? And then uh, there's a we- lot going on in this episode. Yeah. And I know we didn't talk much about Goslin, and I know her part of the. Uh, her perspective is really short, but it was just fun to hear Christine Cavanaugh like, yeah, getting all into it and mm-hmm. hearing her voice change. I, I loved it, man. I, I really like this episode. It, it's definitely top 10 for me because I'm biased toward another character. I'm sorry, guys, but that's just the way it is. But it, this one's getting four gas gun canisters for me. How about you, Mike? I'm going to give this a straight out five. Oh, wow. Um, five gas gun canisters. Um there are lots of episodes that are better than this. There are better there are episodes with better Australia animation, honestly. And there are episodes that are a bit more clever. Like I said, Brush with Oblivion. But mm-hmm. I think the this one is so important in showing that the show is going to do something that no other Disney show had done up until that point. That it's one of the most iconic episodes of the entire series. Mm-hmm. And because it aired so early... I made it clear that Darkwing Duck was a very special show. I can't give this anything lower because okay. of how important this episode is. Mm-hmm. Like, all you have to mention is the comic book episode, and people know exactly what you're talking about. Like, everyone knows this one, mm-hmm. you know? And it's a really important episode. It's very important to me, and I, I got to give it five. Okay. Now, Mike, I'm going to switch it up now. We've already rated Megavolt, but in this episode, I really feel Megavolt is not the only villain. I feel it's everybody who took over the comic over Darkwing. Mm. So let's rate them all together. How many gas gun canisters you're going to give Goslin, Binky, Launchpad, Megavolt? Yeah, Megavolt's the last one. How Sep- much are you going to sep- rate? Separately? No, all together. Mm. All together. How would you rate them? You know, from taking over his comic. Hmm. You, that's a very interesting thing to ask. Um, let me see. How would I do that? I mean, rating them separately would be easier because different sequences sequences are better than others. Mm-hmm. But um, just one. Just give them one big one. Four. That's what I'm, I was going to give it. <laughs> I'm going to say because um, Megavolt side of it and that great cowboy and Indian sequence are so fantastic mm-hmm. that four. It's like that's the first number that popped out of my head. So four. I'm going okay. with four. I'm going with four also, man. I, I I like all of them, man. I think the only thing that keeps it from getting a, a full five, 
some of their their perspective was just too short. They didn't get a chance. I know it was only 22 minute, you know, story. They got to get back to Darkwing and let him take over the story. But I kind of wish, you know, like they could have got a little bit longer. But other than that, I love it, man. I love it. You know? Yeah, launch pads was I think just long enough. We probably could have seen a little bit more of Binkies, like you yeah. said. Yeah, and then what I did like also like because all of them were kind of short, I think, except for like Launchpad. I do like how they brought them all back together to end the the end the comic, you know? Yeah, that was smart. Yeah, and he, yeah, and even the Super Bunny, that was the bunny from Binky's story. All right, yeah. I mean, it must have been right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Super Bunny definitely was from Binky's story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, great episode. I have no complaints about this one. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, anything else you want to add on the uh, comic book capers? No, just great episode. Love it. All right. So, what episode we got next, Mike? Oh, we are. Um, yeah, we got um, Water Way to Go, which is significant for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, which I don't think I'm gonna bother saying now. Let's just wait till we talk about it. But okay, you don't want to spoil nothing. No, because we have a whole bunch of reasons why this one's significant. And if I started <laughs> talking about them, we'd be here an extra five minutes. So I don't even want to do it. Well, right. we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. All right. So that episode is next. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, where can the fans reach you? Mike Russo over on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm Will Santana. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, we have the Facebook page for the St. Canard Files, the Dark Winged Up podcast. We're also on Instagram. Mike, what platforms can they listen to the podcast on? Oh, we got Stitcher, Spotify, Apple devices, uh, Google Play. Um, we're also on YouTube, and we are on other platforms that keep popping up that I don't even remember. So it might not even be those five I mentioned. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we're on a whole bunch of platforms. It's super easy to find us. Okay. All right, uh, Mike, man, make sure you have, be safe out there for Halloween, man. Uh, send me a photo of uh, what your daughter dress up as, man. I will. She told me what she wants to be. She wants to be a red Yoshi. A red which, Yoshi? <laughs> yeah, green Yoshi's easy because they make those costumes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're doing red Yoshi. Okay. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what happens because we're recording this before it drops. So we'll, find, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um I'll post a picture when we figure out what we're doing. Um, All right. So um, have a happy Halloween, everybody. Mm -hmm. And stay dangerous. Stay dangerous. Good night, y'all. Good night.